0: Hey everyone, in case you haven't noticed, we live in some confusing, challenging, and changing times. It sure isn't easy to follow Jesus in 2021. How can we stay grounded in our faith, stay true to biblical convictions, and how can we become more like Christ and share him with the world around us? This is Real Christian Talk with Pastor Steve. Welcome! And thank you for joining me on this week's episode of Real Christian Talk. Do you remember what the world was like when we entered the new millennium? Do you remember the excitement, the anticipation, when the ball dropped on December 31st, 1999 at midnight, and we entered the year 2000? Well, I don't know about you, but sometimes I really do miss that world. Because the world changed dramatically on September 11th, 2001, And I wonder if we have still not yet quite gotten the spiritual message and the spiritual implications that the last 20 years, I believe God has been trying to use to teach us. I'm going to read from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25, which says this, See that you do not refuse him who is speaking, for if they did not escape, when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject him who warns us from heaven. At that time his voice shook the earth, but now it is he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken, that is, things that have been made, in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and therefore let us uh, thus offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. I found that passage particularly relevant and poignant given all the things that I've been reflecting on in the last couple of weeks as the United States and the world recognize the 20th anniversary of the September eleventh, two 2001 attacks. Those attacks permanently changed our culture, our society, our government, our politics, our foreign policy, and yes, I believe it has had a tremendous effect on the church. I recently, as I was in fact coming into my office, saw a plane that was flying nearby, and it was flying quite low, and I suddenly tried to even imagine what it would have been like to have been in downtown Manhattan on that sunny Tuesday morning 20 years ago. When, when those planes came flying low and hit the iconic symbols of America's wealth. And then imagine what it was like to see a plane hit the Pentagon, the iconic symbol of America's power. Our nation was shaken and rattled in ways that it had never been before, probably since Pearl Harbor. And in some ways, I think the effects of September 11th have had an even more direct impact at least in some ways. Put it simply, the world has never been the same, and I think that we have forgotten the sense of normality that we had prior to September 11th, the world as it was on September 10th, 2001. And yes, though we had our problems certainly as a country, as a nation, and though the church and its trends were already at work in the ways in which they have continued to play out over the last 20 years, there is no doubt that that Tuesday morning and the events that took place had a psychological, emotional, and spiritual impact unlike anything we have seen in at least the last several decades. I recently watched a documentary that was actually quite depressing. It was a documentary called After 9 11. And it was about, well, the last 20 years, everything that has happened since. And when you really stop and take a pause, it has been quite a rough start to the 21st century. Since September 11th, the United States has gotten involved in two wars, that, uh, well, one of which just had a really heartbreaking ending in afghanistan we've seen our politics go from republicans and democrats standing on the steps of capitol hill on the evening of september 11th singing god bless america to a polarized atmosphere that if god forbid we were to have another terrorist attack i simply do not picture in my mind a scene like that happening again we have gone so far in our society We have seen uh, the the church and its influence continue to wane. We've had one crisis after another from Hurricane Katrina to the financial crisis and recession of 2008 to, uh, well, what we've been seeing in our country in in an inner turmoil, uh, you know, whether it's racism and, and, you know, the debate over racism in our streets to... Well, to to the the polarizing election of 2020 and, of course, a a global pandemic. I mean, it's been literally one thing after another. And it just really showed you how tired we are as a country, how drained we are emotionally, how drained we are spiritually in so many different ways. And you know, the reality is that between 9-11, the financial crisis, our polarizing politics, And now this pandemic, I think it's a safe bet that our sense of normality is continuing to change and to shift. And is a far cry from what I would say was relative stability in the 1990s that we enjoyed as a nation. And the reality is, though our culture was doing its downward moral spiral, the church definitely enjoyed a lot of freedom and a lot of influence that we are certainly losing now. And so things have, have, have certainly changed and sh- certainly shifted. And yet I believe that as depressing as everything is, when you stop and think about it, and I really was down after I watched that documentary. I was like, man, you know, it has really been one hit after another in so many ways on, you know, our spirit, on our our soul in the last 20 years since that beautiful, sunny Tuesday morning 20 years ago. And yet... I also believe that we're living in unique times, that we're, dare I say it, living in exciting times. Because I believe God is moving and God is speaking and God is doing something. And I believe he is trying to get our attention. I believe he wants our attention. And that's really the heart of what this biblical passage is all about. Now, to be truly uh, accurate to the text... You know, this passage I use from Hebrews 12 is not talking about what happened on September 11th, and it's not talking about uh, what's what's continuing to happen in our country, and our culture, and in our churches. But there is an overall spiritual principle that I do believe is very applicable, that I believe is essential for us to hold on to, particularly as all of us individually, collectively as a church, and collectively as a country, are wondering what the heck is going on and how in the world can anyone have a positive attitude or more I say as from a biblical perspective have joy unspeakable and have hope that is unshakable and i believe that it's essential for us to go back to what we have that cannot be shaken and why it's so important for us to remember you know that we belong to a kingdom that is going to far outlast anything of this world so hebrews 12 in that passage of scripture, kind of again comparing the old and new covenant that God had established between Israel and now the new covenant that he has established through Jesus Christ. You know, God kind of brings up, you know, Old Testament imagery here in Hebrews 12 and reminds, you know, us as his people and reminds all of us that, that we are part of something that has even bigger ramifications and implications than the Jewish people of the Old Testament did. And so we best not, uh, put our, put our you know, fingers in our ears when God is speaking and take the offer of salvation for granted in the kingdom that is accessible, uh, you know, for granted. And ultimately, ultimately Hebrews 12 is talking about the removal of things that can be shaken, meaning things that are temporal, meaning the things we can see, the things of this world, the world as we know it is temporary. It's not permanent. And we know that in Revelation 21 and 22, Jesus Christ is going to usher in an eternal kingdom that starts off here physically on this earth. And he's going to remake a new heavens, And a new earth. If there is one theme throughout scripture that God wants us to understand, it's that his kingdom is going to outlast everything else, and everything we care and spend so much time and effort building here on this earth is ultimately not going to amount to much, and it's not going to to last in daniel nebuchadnezzar has a vision of a statue representing each subsequent world empire that would reign and rule through different periods allotted in history and then there's going to come a stone that smashes that statue and breaks it all into pieces and that stone daniel reveals is representing jesus christ and we see here in hebrews 12 yet again the same idea meaning god is warning us he is warning us now and he wants us to understand that one day everything that can be shaken will be removed and all that is left is going to be what is unshakable. And I do believe in a sense we can apply that principle and that message to the times in which we are living in. On September 11, 2001, America's invincibility was shaken to its core when symbols, iconic symbols of our wealth and power were attacked and were brought down. That had profound psychological uh, impact on us. We realized, wow, two oceans did not spare us from ever getting attacked. And though America was so big and strong, America was wounded. America was attacked. The Great Recession of 2008 showed us that, that all of our trust in, e- in our e- e- economics and all of our trust in our dependence on, on our finances could be gone, could be shaken when we experienced the closest thing to the Great Depression of our time. And now we've had this pandemic. Now we've had uh, the most polarizing presidential election where almost half the country believes that the election was stolen. Where mistrust and distrust of of our institutions, of the core foundational institutions for American democracy, are now looked upon with distrust. That's scary. If you love democracy, regardless of who you voted for or how, what you believe about what happened in the election of 2020. And now you have a pandemic that is continuing to go on, that has upended our lives, turned everything upside down. And, and, and I do believe will have profound impact on our society and yes, on the church. So many churches are struggling right now. They've lost people. They've lost money. They've lost influence. And all the while in the backdrop of an increasingly hostile culture to Judeo-Christian values and beliefs. And then there's our own personal lives. In our own personal lives, many of us in the last several years have had a phone call, have had an incident or an accident or something that's occurred that has suddenly upended everything we knew to be normal And now we are face to face with a new normal. So I believe that all of us personally, all of us that are part of the church and the church as a whole, and yes, our country, well, we are face to face with a new era that is nothing like what we would consider to be normal. And we have to stop trying to wish back to normal as we knew it before as we knew it before COVID, as we knew it before we had that phone call, as we knew it before September 11th, 2001. Those days are gone. Those eras and chapters are gone. And if there's one mistake in human nature that we have a tendency to continue to make, it's to believe that, that, that we can revert back to our patterns and our way of thinking and our way of living when there seems to be a relief and respite from what was difficult or painful when we think things have quote gone back to normal well then we go back to what our understanding of normal is as related to our spiritual walk or to our perspective and our worldview but here's a newsflash we have to stop pretending things are ever going to be normal again because they simply will never be I was recently reading to my son the biblical story of Pharaoh and the plagues on Egypt. And uh he loves the you know the the colorful pictures as as God is bringing one plague after another to uh to Egypt to try and get Egypt's attention to try and show Egypt that God is God and he is more powerful than any of the other sources that the Egyptians were placing their hope and their trust in. And one theme throughout the story as we're reading it is that Pharaoh would several times, if you recall the biblical story, he would he would relent and he would allow and say, okay, he promised Moses, if you end this plague, well, then I will let you guys go. I will let the Hebrews go. And then Pharaoh would make that agreement, he would go ahead and make that promise, but then what would happen? As soon as relief occurs, as soon as things seem to go back to, quote, normal, well, Pharaoh would change his mind, and he would refuse to let the Hebrews go. And I have seen this play out time and time again, the days after September 11, 2001, man. Flags everywhere, country unified like we've never seen before, and and I fear we never will see again. And churches were packed. Our nation's congressional leaders led a prayer service that I remember watching. Billy Graham spoke at the, the National Cathedral, giving a powerful message to the nation. President Bush had called for all of us to pray. I remember being at a high school football game and hearing a message broadcast that was from the White House that included a biblical reference. Well, those days ended very quickly because once it became clear we were not going to get attacked constantly from terrorists. Well, then we went back to, quote, normal. And the same thing when the pandemic began. Man, Google reported that people searched for prayer and the Bible more than at any other time in search engine history since it's been recorded. But yet I fear that, that the, the spiritual longings were brief. And sadly, even the pandemic has not brought us together. Even all the talk about race and race relations is only further divided, not only the country, but yes, the church as well. We are in a new era, and it is time that we understand that with that new era, with this time of uncertainty, chaos, confusion, fear... And with the uncertainties that are all around us for what the future holds, for each of us individually, for our nation and for the church and what church is going to look like, how we do church moving forward and what lessons hopefully we have learned through all of this. If there's one thing all of us need to recognize, it's that everything we place our security in, everything we hope in, everything we trust in, That is based on human resources is shakable and therefore removable. Only Jesus Christ is unshakable, and only our faith in him is an anchor for the soul that we can hold on to. Psalm 62, the psalmist says this For God alone my soul waits in silence, from him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. I love that passage. You know, I've talked with people that, that, you know, they themselves, when we talk about faith, they wish that, uh, you know, that they had that faith because when they have faith, they recognize in Christ, they have an assurance, they have a peace, they have a joy, they have a reason to be hopeful. For us as believers in Jesus Christ, instead of giving into fear, instead of buying into conspiratorial paranoia, we as believers in Jesus Christ should walk in the discernment of the Holy Spirit and in Holy Ghost boldness. We should speak the truth in love and more than anything else, we should stick out to those around us who do not have a similar assurance of hope. And we should be able to look at the world around us, to look at the uncertainties around us, to look at the chaos and confusion and have peace in the midst of that, have light that shines in the midst of darkness. And when our world gets rocked with with something unexpected, when we have to deal with some circumstantial challenges, we never foresaw ever having to deal with that totally turned our world upside down. May we be comforted to know that even though life always changes and life is never the same, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. And so we can know in whom we have believed and we can be fully persuaded he is able to see us through and will see us through and even though the church is losing influence in our culture at least that's how it seems from everything we've seen and looked at even though the way we've done church may have to change may have to adapt the one comfort i have had amidst all that's been going on is knowing that god is on the throne Jesus Christ, First Timothy says, is the only true sovereign. He is the one who is ultimately running the show. He allows a lot of things to take place that are outside of his perfect will, but I do believe he is ultimately sovereign. I do believe he is ultimately in control as we sing about. And so I do believe COVID did not catch him by surprise. September 11th did not catch him by surprise. The 2020 election did not catch him by surprise. The turmoil in our streets last year did not catch him by surprise. And so I know he is speaking. He is warning. He is pleading with all of us, with the world. Take me seriously. He is pleading to, with, with those who are who are con, who are content with doing life the way they've been doing it. He is pleading with them, today is the day of salvation. For us who know and follow Christ but have been casual and half-hearted, he is pleading with us as he does in, in Romans, in Romans chapter 12, where excuse me, Romans 13, besides this, you know that the time, the hour has come to wake up from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. And yes, regardless of whether Jesus Christ returns this year or a hundred years from now, one thing is for sure. The time for playing spiritual games is over. And we who know Christ and follow him, and we who are part of the church that we have been promised will prevail and the gates of hell will not be able to overcome. It is time That we stand firm with our feet planted on the rock that is Jesus. That our hope and our trust and the assurance that comes with being part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken will be evident to all who are around us as we continue to live in a world that has now been continually shaking ever since we all got shook on September eleventh, two 2001. Lord, we know that you are in control. Lord, we know that you are on the throne. May you be on the throne of each heart that is listening. And may we remember that we are part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So when our world gets shaken, when our country gets shaken, when our personal lives get shaken, may we resolve to hope and trust in the anchor for our souls that is you, Jesus. In your name, dear Jesus, we pray. Amen. I conclude this episode as I do each one that I have the privilege and honor to record by pleading with you out of the words inspired by God spoken through the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 16, verses 13 through 14. May you stand firm in your faith and let everything that you do done in love. God bless, and Godspeed.